everything is driven by the behaviors, by the culture, by by people's willingness to, to affect change. We strive on not doing the work for the client necessarily, but more as a catalyst for change, teaching them these new values, these new behaviors, and these new systems so they can take them and run with them. Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Prolific, an account planning solution that enables manufacturing sales teams to log key information and build account plans right inside of Salesforce, rather than resorting to sticky notes, spreadsheets, whiteboards, and slide decks. Learn more at prolific.ai. That's P-R-O-L-I-F-I-Q dot A-I. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76. The past few years have brought about all kinds of disruptions to our businesses, from supply chain to labor to a pandemic. And times like these will force manufacturing leaders to look hard at both the quantifiable and less quantifiable things that affect business performance. Because frankly, there's just less room for error. My guest today, a seasoned consultant to the manufacturing sector, is here to talk about both. Let me introduce him. Dan Burgos is the founder, president, and CEO of Alpha Nova Consulting. Alpha Nova is a management consulting firm that helps manufacturers achieve and sustain operational cost reductions of 20% plus, improve on-time delivery to 99% plus, and reduce defects to improve product quality to 99% plus. These changes help their clients grow company profit margins by up to 25%. Dan and his team have over 15 years of experience helping manufacturers in various industries, including aerospace, injection molding, construction projects, chemicals, fiberglass, furniture, electronics, consumer goods, oil and gas, and medical devices, among others. Dan's approach is to partner with leaders to uncover and eliminate the problems hindering business performance while coaching leaders to create a culture of collaboration. Dan, welcome to the show. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You bet. It's a pleasure having you here. So Dan, can you kick things off here by telling our listeners just a little bit about your own personal journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Yeah, definitely. So Dan Burgo. So that's a Spanish name. I'm originally from the Dominican Republic. That's why that's where the accent comes. Native language is Spanish. So my journey came from, you know, I wanted to help and, 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 and add I, my passion is solving problems and, and just helping people. My background in education is industrial engineering and, and, and I have other education that, that also relevant. But basically I, I went into manufacturing back in 2006 and you know started helping and learning. Before in my, in my, in my years, I knew I wanted to be in consulting. I, I wanted to be service and, and I wanted to help and, and and, and my, my, my father instilled in me that, that entrepreneurial uh, mindset. And, and it just came out as I became an adult 
And I just always had that vision even before I finished college. So when I was, when I first started manufacturing, I was exposed to uh, some manufacturing consultants, basically. And I said, okay, I think that's what I want to do. That's how I want to help because I saw the impact that they were able to have. So again, of course, at that time, I wasn't ready to start that on that journey. But basically, I, I moved from implementing improvements, and I knew that every time I moved or changed companies, I wanted to see something completely different because I wanted to be exposed to as many different technologies and people and mindsets so that I could share that and add value to clients so that I felt that that would always be an enriching experience for, for, for my career. So I did that, worked for an oil and gas company after that, very large corporation. And uh, if you go to my website, I share some of that. I, I experienced what uh, corporate culture was like. I learned things like red tape. I read things like Siegel management. Somebody would have to Google that. That's probably not, you know, just uh, something people shared. And basically learning through those experiences, I said, wow, culture is so important in people, you know, leadership behaviors. And that's when I said, you know, I don't want to be the person that preaches and, and teaches. I want to be the person that's walking your shoes and that can actually, you know, share experiences. And so after that, I said, I want to actually go lead an operation and just have that experience. And I pursued that and actually we're, we're able to get involved in, in a medical device company. And I led operations in, in that department, started with a line, then they gave me the, the whole operation. It, it was a relatively smaller uh, uh, operation, but, but had a lot of challenges. And I was able to uh, regain my confidence that I had lost from working in a dysfunctional culture and made a lot of improvements in terms of their operation, the results, coach people, developed, uh, learned a lot of lessons, leadership lessons along the way, such as caring for your employees and being there, being supportive as opposed to seeing yourself as the authoritative figure. Past that, I started getting involved in supply chain. So that gave me a, a completely different aspect, you know, the logistics of the business and in contracts for, for suppliers and really being strategic about your, your supply base. And, and then after that, I, I started in consulting. That's when I felt I was ready for, for that journey. And after a few years of working for another consultancy, I decided to go on my own and really ready for that entrepreneurial you know, journey. And that's what I've been doing ever since. And it's just a joy to be able to work and collaborate with folks. That, that's for some reason always fine. It raises the hair on my back to see success and see people that really want to uh, make a difference for their business. And, and we're just along there for the journey to help them get there. Dan, obviously the last few years have posed some serious challenges to manufacturing leaders. Most notably, the ones I hear about time and time and time and time again are labor and supply chain issues. So I'm curious from your perspective, what do you see manufacturing leaders doing or what can they be doing to put themselves in the best position possible during times like these? Yes, definitely. And it's definitely a, a theme I've been seeing out in the marketplace. So to answer your question, some of the things uh, that I would recommend to consider and, and see if these are things that you can capitalize on are looking at things on the materials on the supply chain side, looking at, at your inventory terms, right? Are we turning the uh, inventory as fast as we possibly can? Because when, when you don't do that, you leave yourself open for damages, for obsolescence and, and, and other things that can hinder your utilization of the material. Another thing that I tell manufacturers to look at is look at the quality, the scrap, the rework, the internal defects in your operation. 
the the highest the higher that you can make that yield for for your operation what we call the first price yield to put it in simple terms it's doing it right the first time right if you have things that you have to rework repair you're you're not capitalizing on the utilization of the material and hence that forces you to buy more material because there's a portion of that that's going to waste and then the third one is having uh, looking at your suppliers and developing supplier partnerships. You know, a lot of suppliers see, you know, there's a lot of manufacturers look at their suppliers and they think about them as vendors, interchangeable at any time. The smartest one, the smartest ones look at their supplier base as partners, right? And how do we develop the best partnership so that when times of risk come along, we have a we have we have people or or business partners that are going to support us in, in those times. And now is definitely one of those times. And then you mentioned the labor side. Other things that people can do is that people can do are gain efficiency, right? The the great uh, resignation as people are calling it these days, it's putting a lot of burden on manufacturers to go hire that labor. Well, think about this: if you become more efficient, then you might have less of a need for labor. The other part of it is how do we retain that talent? And that's where uh, I recommend manufacturers to focus on employee engagement, to invest in developing their leaders, both on the handling of their operation and managing of the business, but also of engaging their workforce. Nowadays, people care more about culture, the environment, the, the purpose of their business. And then another thing that I've been seeing more and more, I'm sure it's become visible for, for a lot of others, it's uh, people are re- resorting to automation because if you know if we can't get manual labor to do this, well, how do we figure out if we can automate this and and eliminate the need for labor? Those are some of the things that I'm seeing that I recommend. I'm sure there's more, but those are some things to consider. Definitely those two cases. Yeah, all great advice there, Dan. As an advisor to manufacturing leaders, what do you see as some of the most important quantifiable metrics that affect business performance? Yes, very good question. So I'll explain it at a systemic level and then I'll give you some examples. So the way to think about this is, and it's going to be in order of priority. First, we want to care about our, care about our people. So we look at safety, right? We want, we want people to come in and leave uh, in the same condition that they arrived in the morning or at the beginning of the shift. Then you have quality, right? You want to deliver a quality product. The next, the next category is uh, D for delivery which is delivering your orders on time. And then the last one is cost. You wanna make it in an efficient fashion so that you have large enough margins to sustain your business and continue to grow and invest. So going back to the S categories or or metrics under that would be safety, incidents, hours between incidents. Yeah, for, for safety. If you look at quality, then you can look at things like as I mentioned earlier, first batch yield, we're doing it right the first time. What percentage of your products are produced without, without defects? It could also be uh, customer complaints. So those are some of the ones under quality. Under delivery, you have uh, on-time delivery, of course. It's one of the most common ones you see out there. But the caution I give manufacturers is there's a difference between on-time delivery to to what you promised the customer and they accepted versus what they requested and you were able to fulfill. That's the, that's the big difference on that one. And another one, maybe a little bit more uh, of a leading indicator uh, would be schedule attainment. You know, are we completing the schedule uh, in production as we are laying it out? Or are we falling further and further behind, which would be a leading indicator for late orders in the future? 
And then uh, on their cost, I would say things like efficiency or ways to measure productivity. It's very common to see, you know, dollars per, per, per labor hour or hours, labor hours per unit produced. Uh, another one that I see often in, in, in uh, process manufacturing, things like chemicals or, or uh, solvents would be overall effective equipment, uh, effective, overall equipment effectiveness that looks at the quality, looks at the availability, meaning the uptime or downtime of the equipment, and then the speed. How, how about some of the things that may be, you know, not stuff you'd find in a spreadsheet, um, the, the less quantifiable things that also affect performance that may sometimes get overlooked? I'm glad you asked that because this is this is so important for, for success, you know. There's an equation that, that we believe in. It's that, you know, you want ideal processes, but you also want ideal behaviors. And both of those are going to lead you to ideal results. So some of the things that you want to measure, or, or let me back up for that. I want to give you an analogy that I think has a lot of learning for, for your audience. And that is, you know, when people want to uh, engage in this uh, journey of fitness or improving their fitness, people go and purchase equipment or they get a, a, a gym membership and, and they get enamored with that. And what we fail to do a lot of times to be effective in that, those kinds of journeys is that we, we neglect the other side, the behavior side, the nutrition side, you know, the things that we choose to do that are going to give us our success. And I think that's the part that I see that uh, is so critical that it's not tangible. You're the leadership behaviors, the things that are going to engage your workforce, because it's not going to be one person or a small group of people. Typically, manufacturers have dozens of employees. And so the more engaged, the more you can tap into those uh, into those those minds, the more success you'll have more more so than focusing on just the process and the tools. Anyone can master those. Anyone can learn those. But if the behaviors are not there, the tools have a very small chance of success. Got it. So, you know, what, what do you think some of those things are? You know, leadership, the qualities, engagement with your team? Like, Yeah, exactly. The engagement of your employees, turnover. You know, there's a saying out there that people leave their leaders more, more than the organization. So if you have a lot of turnover, there's a good chance that you know, they're not happy with the work environment. So you want to have a handle on that, on that, that's intangible, but uh, very much connected with the performance of the business. So not just see people as labor. Uh, there's a saying I, I heard some years ago, like, you know, engage the, not only their hands, but also their minds. Also having the right leaders in the right seats. You know, a lot of times manufacturers uh, of all don't take action when they know they have a leader that's being uh, having a having a negative impact on the on the culture and that spreads out and the higher the leader the the worse the the effect on the culture so those are the things you can't measure but but they have so much impact on on the success of the business that you see eventually uh, show up on the financials yeah you mentioned having right people in the right seats that's what we at gorilla like probably a decent amount of people listening here in the manufacturing sector are, uh, you know, we run EOS or the entrepreneurial operating system in, in our business and um, based on traction, the book by Gino Wickman. And that's, yep. that's something that he talks about a lot is sometimes you got the right people, but you've got them in a role that's not right for them. Sometimes you don't have the right people. They don't fit the core values and, um, and you're forcing them into a role that's, that's just not going to work. Um, so I, I see that 
in my world for sure. And I'm sure a lot of, of listeners are nodding their heads as you say that as well. Yeah, I'm very familiar with the IEOS system and uh, he lays out a very good, a good method for basically looking at, you know, the, the, their character It's looking at character and competence. And, you know, so what I see a lot is people, you know, uh, latch onto the competence and, and neglect the, the, the character. And in, in reality, it should be the opposite, right? Let's focus on having good character people that line up with our, with our values, and then we can teach them what they need to learn, and then we'll be successful in that, in, in that, in that fashion. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Sticky notes, spreadsheets, whiteboards, slide decks. For many manufacturers, these are the places where key account details are stored. But the most effective manufacturing sales teams today are leveraging technology for strategic account management and for maintaining customer relationships. Two of those tools, Prolific Relationship Map and Prolific Crush, allow for real-time visibility into key account growth, new business pursuits, and which customers are at risk, and all right inside of Salesforce. Learn more at prolific.ai. That's P-R-O-L-I-F-I-Q dot A-I. And you referenced an industry week study in a previous conversation that uh, you and I had. It said something along the lines of 70% of manufacturers engage in some type of continuous improvement, but only 24% see significant results. Why do you think that happens? Again, it goes back to what I mentioned a little bit ago. It's, it's the... Seeing, seeing these initiatives as a program. So a lot of these leaders, unfortunately, see it as a program, as a, as a temporary activity that's going to come and go and we'll, it'll, you know, reap the fruits that we're looking for. And then, you know, we'll table it and that'll be that. And unfortunately, it, ha- it has to be, go- it has to go beyond that. You know, leaders have to understand that, again, the behaviors and the processes are going to give you the results. If you really understand that this requires commitment and it requires you to really put much more effort than it's just a temporary program, you'll, you'll be much, much more successful and you'll have a much better chance to have significant impact. And it takes time, but the, the results will, will keep coming further you know, over time past the initial stages of implementation. And I think it's always helpful to hear a tangible story um, to you know, kind of illustrate some of the things that my guests talk about. Are are there any success stories that you can share with the manufacturing leaders listening today where people have applied some of what we've talked about in this conversation in in a real world situation? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, A current client actually comes to mind. So let me give you, I guess, a run of the story. We uh, engaged with this client just about a year ago. And they called us because they, their, their operation was struggling. The business was struggling. So just to give an idea, their on-time delivery was uh, as low as 15%. So imagine that. You only deliver on-time 15% of your orders. Your clients are not going to be happy. So if you're the owner of that business, you're thinking, how do we get this under control? So that was one low point, but the average was more right around uh, 39%. They had scrap uh, above uh, 6% of sales, which is significant. I would say you want to be below 3% at the very least to, to, to be able to be competitive and, and profitable. They have problems such as, you know, equipment downtime, you know, hindering the operation, a lot of in- interruptions. There were no metrics to measure to no success and, and things were not, you know, standardized, coordinated and put into systems. 
So we came in, we assessed, uncovered all those opportunities and been engaged with them for a year. And just to give you an idea of some of the success we've, we've had, let me just first share maybe what what we've some of the things we've done. We've we've put metrics at the strategic level, at the business level. So now ownership has and leadership has a much better understanding of so picture a dashboard of all the key metrics and the trends and understanding you know week to week and year to date uh, results. They know the trends. They they can be proactively addressing things. We've put metrics up on the production floor so that people are able to address issues, again, proactively. If we address these issues in the operation, later on, they, you know, we'll get the results uh, in the financials when management leads and looks. So we've engaged in a journey to teach leaders the right behaviors on managing operations, but also on, on coaching and engaging and making decisions and delegating at the right level so people stay engaged and they don't they don't feel like they're not contributing where they have more potential to do that. We want to tap into every mind that's involved as long as they can add value. And just to give you some of the results that we've accomplished uh, or we have this client accomplished, you know, they're holding steady at 97% on time delivery. And there's been several weeks that they've hit 100%. Their, their scrap has been cut in almost half. So they're uh, holding uh, right around that 3% of sales. And the goal which, which you know, some eyebrows have been risen as a result of this. It's it's to go below that one percent. We also tackle the equipment problem. You know, we assess where are we vulnerable and where do we have critical equipment that's vulnerable, and we've put a action plan in place to tackle those things, and we have strategies around doing those things and really pushing these leaders to put systems in place so that you know the 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 problems that surface don't keep happening over and over and over again, which unfortunately is, is the big, you know, the, the big impediment for, for making progress. Yeah. So it's been about a year with, with this client, there's much more to accomplish and they're ambitious and they want to go to places. And this, this is just the beginning. I see way more improvement. So those are drastic uh, changes and improvements and results, but the potential is unfortunately that a lot of manufacturers don't realize that just because it takes longer, but you can see so much benefit from engaging in this and really building it into your business that I think that's part of why only 24%, as the study showed, uh, really see the benefits. And for any manufacturing leaders that are listening, where do you get started trying to make some of these changes that you've been talking about today? And how long does it take to start seeing results? Yeah. So let me tackle the first part of your question. You know, here's what I tell leaders. And when we're having the conversation about possibly engaging us is be committed. And that starts with getting educated. It's make sure you see this not as a, you know, a process, an initiative that you're building. It's, it has to be you're building a system. You reference the EOS, that's a system. That's a business management system. And, and so any type that you pick, whether it's Lean or EOS or any other, make sure you, you're committed fully and that it is a system. Understand what you're getting into and understand that by being committed, you, you may have a laundry list of obstacles, which may include internal people, people that you might respect and people that you may have to make a decision you know, do they still belong or we're on the future state of our organization? You know, some people, there's two ways to look at this. You know, 
Sometimes companies outgrow the current talent and in their leadership, right? So it's not the same to be a, a small business, to be a mid-sized manufacturer, to be a multi-billion organization. It requires different skills and different talent. And sometimes people are set in their ways to some degree. And so people are unwill unwilling to learn new things. These things are very teachable. The, the biggest obstacle, it's not so much how do we how do we move equipment around so that it makes sense? How do we solve the quality problems? It's typically the people. And so the ownership, the leadership has got to have a high level of, of commitment to either convince these people with their persistence, with their coaching, with their teaching, with their collaboration, and at some point make the decision. Maybe you're in the wrong role, or maybe you maybe we need to find a different company for you because the direction that we're uh, leading is not aligned with you know with your values and, and the value you can add to this business that that's my main i guess suggestion for your audience is that that high level of commitment that's where the 24% comes in is from the commitment from leadership and from ownership not so much on learning the tools or or, or things of that nature good answer dan is there anything i did not ask you about that you'd like to touch on yeah. Oh, one thing that I didn't answer, you said how long it takes to get results. So uh, I, I think that's a very important question. You know, you know, I, in this client, it, it turned out that within three months, they started seeing results and profitability started to, 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 uh, to go up. But in some cases, it depends on the circumstances. And, you know, there, there's so many variables. Like if you're a capital, uh, capital intensive manufacturer, it's going to take time to really see the changes have the effect. So it could be six months. It could be close to a year sometimes to start seeing results. But it, it, it's more a function of the receptiveness and the uh, speed of adoption of your people to the new behaviors than anything else. Again, everything is driven by the behaviors, by the culture, by by people's willingness to, to affect change. We strive on not doing the work for the client necessarily, but more as a catalyst for change, teaching them these new values, these new behaviors, and these new systems so they can take them and run with them. So that way, when we're uh, finished with our engagement, it's just embedded as a system into your, into your business. And that's how you become successful by adopting it as a system, as opposed to saying, this is a project that has a beginning, it has an end. And once the consultants are gone, you know, we're finished and there's nothing else we need to do. This is part of a continuous improvement effort that you're constantly looking for. Where are we failing and where do we get better? And how do we get creative and make changes so that we're successful the next time around? Well, Dan, this was a great conversation. I appreciate you doing this today and would love for you to tell our audience where they can get in touch with you where they can learn more about Alphanova Consulting. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, people wanting to learn more about what we do, uh, they can go to our website, which is www.alphanovaconsulting.com. Check out, we have a lot of free resources. We have uh, a, a lot of blogs that answer and educate people on how do you get started and and what to expect, how do you implement it, and, 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 and a slew of things related to behavior and some of the things I shared here. Of course, we have our contact information if you'd like to get in touch. And I, I did want to mention one resource that I think would be valuable for your audience that I've included and shared. It's we have a self-assessment uh, tool that basically takes five minutes and, you, uh, you know, the anyone from your audience can go in uh, and just answer 10 questions on certain uh, performance indicators and their levels, and it'll give them feedback as to how do they compare and maybe some suggestions as to, you know, how do you, how should you approach this in terms of 
how do you bridge the gaps from world-class performance and in, in where you are today? Great. Well, Dan, once again, thanks for doing this today. All right. Absolutely. My pleasure. And thanks for having me. You bet. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Executive. Before we go, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Prolific. Prolific is an account planning solution that enables manufacturing sales teams to log key information and build account plans right inside of Salesforce, rather than resorting to sticky notes, spreadsheets, whiteboards, and slide decks. Learn more at prolific.ai. That's P-R-O-L-I-F-I-Q dot A-I. You've been listening to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com slash learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.